Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. This is Brian, and this is a continuation of our series with Zach Hield of Intercut Production. So if you haven't listened to the first episode uh, that we launched last week about Zach and his story and uh, how he started Intercut Productions, make sure you jump back there and listen to that one first. Uh, we're kind of going right into uh, the sales side of the video. So this was actually just one recording that we're breaking apart uh, because we dump into uh, really just good sales tactics when it comes to videos and what videos sell and what convert and what really resonate with an audience. And so Zach was just a wealth of information. So again, we're going to jump into that side of, of the conversation. But if you haven't already, jump back and listen to the first episode to kind of hear his story and the background of Intercut. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into the conversation right now. When you moved into commercial shooting, right, you, I'm sure that you understand what videos help sell. So we talked about, you know, NWA Alive. What does that look like in the sense of, you know, having a video that makes people want to come to where you are, right, a recruitment tool or whatever, but you talk about business. So what would a business look for when they're trying to sell something or help promote their brand or, you know, what does that look like? Where do you guys usually take people down? Yeah, um, it depends on the budget always, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I kind of tell people that, you know, depending on if you've got a small budget or a large budget, I think uh, your focus and what you're doing with video can be different. Um, and so in general, though, when you're looking at, you know, a, a company that say, you know, we're going to spend $10,000 a year at most on video, right? Which is, I think, for a small business, probably pretty average of mm -hmm. what they're willing to spend um, as far as hiring out video or something. Um, and so, you know, when it, we get down to like the, the root basics of what we're trying to do um, is, and I actually, actually stole this from, uh, I think it was Great Big Story, maybe mm -hmm. one of the producers of Great Big Story, I think wrote this one time. Um, but he was like, you know, every every piece we do, um, whether it be branded content um, or whether it's, it's simply just a, an, an editorial piece, um, you know, we want to make people feel something, right? There has to be yeah. an emotion there. Yes. It has to be like, there has to be a, whoa, like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Or, mm -hmm. oh, I feel for that person or, wow, I'm so excited. Like that's such a happy moment. Yeah. You've got to pull on some emotion there. Um, you got to make people learn something, right? Like come mm -hmm. away with something of education and something you learned. Um, and then, and if you can top it off with making people laugh, like you win, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. and so like those three things, like finding, finding the emotion, um, finding the educational piece in it and then and then making them laugh is kind of like the the trifecta that we go for yeah. a lot of times especially on Northwest Arkansas Live when it comes to branded content longer form content those that's the trifecta um, and that, that we're always kind of striving for and and I think we then kind of can back off of those and go okay well this video needs to be more instructional maybe it doesn't need to have the humorous tone to it right mm -hmm. um, but I tell people all the time like humor sells um, like yeah. maybe better than anything else if you if you ask anybody what their favorite commercial is from the last decade, they're going to name a funny commercial to you. Yep. Um, yep. It's not the Budweiser, Sad Dog, Super Bowl commercial. Like yeah. Those are great. <laughs> and like everyone loves them in the moment. of like, oh, they're I feel American yeah. pride, you know? Yeah. But like that's that's not your favorite commercial. Yeah. Um, it's not the one that made you go buy the tushy, you know? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's it, those commercials, those punchlines are what people, are what people, you know, act, activate on and so, yeah. or take action on. And so um, that's, that's kind of the, I think the, the, the core of it is we're looking for those three things. Um, but then beyond that, it, it, authenticity, right? Yeah. Especially with low budgets. Um, maybe even more importantly, I would guess, maybe with higher <laughs> budgets is authenticity. It can sometimes be really yes. easy to get caught up in like, this is a big show. Mm -hmm. um, and like the, 
the relationship between the end audience and that brand is gone, right? Yeah. It's like, this is a giant show. Um, and in fact, we work with some really big brands that, you know, will deal with PR pieces, right? Mm-hmm. That are, are dealing with a, an issue in the mm-hmm. world, right? Um, and having that conversation with them of going like, where is the authenticity moment here, right? Of like, are we making this too big of a produced piece? Does this feel like we scripted yeah. out everything these guys are going to say on camera and we're just feeding them what the PR department wants them to say? Mm-hmm. Um, or is this something that we can give a little bit more authenticity to? Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm always preaching authenticity. It's one of the, I think, with the age of influencers, it's one of the quickest ways we Americans are learning to see through it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think... People, I keep we we keep joking. I mean, for the last like five years, we've said influencers are dead. They're not dead, right? But they are that th- that industry is suffering more and more in the thought of I no longer can send five grand to an Instagram influencer and have them just post a random photo endorsing it and expect to get a ton of sales because yeah. people just don't believe you anymore. No. They know it's an ad. Yeah. Um. And so I think the authenticity part can be so, so important for brands and that, you know, I think especially on the lower budget, um, when you're shooting on your iPhone, authenticity can really be your friend. You yeah. know, it's what it's going to come through no matter what. So embrace it yeah. um, and make it part of the brand that, that you're developing. Talking heads like the style of talking heads is changing. Um, and I think part of that is to blame of like Facebook Live, Instagram Live. Like mm-hmm. that's 100 percent to blame. We've we've become like when you're scrolling through your feed, you're more likely to stop at a video where like it feels like the person on the video is talking to you directly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so like we're starting to see that change. Um, and at first I was like, oh, this sucks because like direct to cam just net like with people that aren't good in front of the camera <laughs> yeah. can be a real <laughs> challenge. Like yeah. tell them to look at the lens and have a conversation like it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times like we we use, you know, having a producer just off camera as like that's the cheat, right? Like you can get just off camera and like you can have a real conversation with somebody and have someone that's not comfortable in front of the camera open up and start talking. Um, And I think that cheat is slowly disappearing just because we're we're becoming more and more of that. Like we're looking for that eye-to-eye communication Mm -hmm. online. Um, And Facebook Live and Instagram Live have all kind of like let us believe that that's possible and that that's how we should be communicating with brands and such. Um, And so, yeah, I think definitely like when we're looking at the way we're shooting talking heads, we're doing more and more direct to cam. Um, we're using, I've used a teleprompter more in the last year than I've used it up until wow. this point in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I would say at least twice a month we pull the teleprompter out, which is, it's like making me want to buy another t- nicer teleprompter. Yeah. I still have like an iPad, $150 <laughs> yeah. teleprompter, you know, but like, uh, it's like, man, maybe you should, you should invest there. Like, yeah. Uh, if Which it's outdoors, not, it's really hard to read, you it's know? It's crazy because you wouldn't have thought that a couple of years ago. It I was thought like, they were going to go away. Oh, yeah. I thought we would yeah. never use them again, you Absolutely. know? like The days of reading scripts into the camera were kind of going away, but yeah. no, like it's 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 back in full it's back. force. Just like yeah. Twitter. It's I'm glad back. I didn't like, make a prediction publicly about that a long time ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, because it's all back in full force. And like, yeah. um, uh, and it's, it's an efficient way of communicating with people, and it can be done really easily. Um, and I think when it comes to authenticity, like there's nothing more authentic than just talking to the camera. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we're using it a lot more um, in some of our like projects for like Walton Family Foundation. Um, a lot of those projects where you'll see like they've we've gone from kind of talking heads off camera uh, or just off camera to now we're you know we're looking at the lens and we're communicating with our audience. You yeah. know, and that's yeah. kind of across the board in a couple of different uh, different things we're doing. And that doesn't work for everybody. It's not it's not a unanimous like that's the way this should be done. Um, but depending on the, on the content and what you're doing and where it's going to end up, especially if it like, if it's primary place is, is Facebook and, and social feeds. Yeah. I think that's 
a really, really strong um, decision. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you a basic question as you guys are nerding out over <laughs> we, here. We are, we're going, that's why I looked at you. I was like, all right, Lauren, help us get back on track because we can keep going. I know you all can. Yeah. <laughs> so for companies that have not really done a lot of video work for their company, what kind of videos would you suggest for them to start out with? Mm. Yeah. Uh, I think the most important thing to have on video almost always uh, is testimonials. Mm, yeah. Now, testimonials require you to have a product that you've sold and that you've made people happy with. Um, <laughs> like I have a client, so get that first. Yes, and then okay. Right. Okay. I have a client right now that like they're they they approached me like we want to produce a testimonial video, and I was like, and they had three videos to do. One of them was testimonial, and I was like, that's great. Um, I don't think you're ready for testimonial. Like you haven't sold. Like they have an old version of a product. They have a, came out with a new version, version two of this product, um, and uh, they're getting ready to start selling it. And they wanted to create content for it. And I was like, yeah. that's great. Testimonial videos should probably be in like 90 days. Like we should probably put some of these in people's hands, let them play with them, and then get mm-hmm. real conversations with them yeah. rather than like let's just tell them what to think about this amazing product. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and so, but I, testimonials is huge. I think uh, especially today, uh, it goes back into that authenticity conversation. Um, and, and, and testimonials don't need to be nice. They don't need to be fancy. Uh, in fact, I discourage people from spending a ton of money on in testimonials. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah. I think, you know, there's something to be said about shooting them on maybe nicer than an iPhone, mm-hmm. um, depending on the product and the brand and what you're doing. Yeah. Um, like that can be an individual conversation. But some of them can be shot on iPhone, yeah. um, especially if you are a service provider or you're selling a product that like you're shipping out through Amazon um, or through Walmart.com or whatever, and it ends up in someone's house in South Carolina. Like I'm not, you don't, you shouldn't be paying a production company to go shoot an interview in South Carolina for you. You mm-hmm. just tell that person to get their iPhone out and talk about how much they love your product. Yeah. Um, and so I think testimonials are huge, and it's it can be really easy just because it, it lots of times it's it's just data gathering it, it more mm-hmm. than it is of actually instruct people to do things. Um, I think you know one of the things we've seen work for some some brands is putting like a little business card in their package that they send to people that just says, Hey, if you'll send us a video of you using this product and telling us how much you love it, we'll give you X. Yeah. Right. And just making that like discount code or whatever, like if you'll do this and send it to us, we're going to send you back 50% off coupon or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it makes those video that's free content for brands. They're not going to pay for it. It can just be coming in without even thinking of it. It's very passive. Um, so I think testimonials are the number one thing. I think most people should be looking at how, how do they make that happen? Um, uh, the next thing I would say is, um, find a way to sell the culture of your company. Um, that's far more important than a sales video for your product yes, is. Yes. Um, I want to know who you are, yep. uh, especially as we're seeing more and more people buy products from businesses themselves instead of going, we're not going through Amazon, we're not going through walmart.com, we're not going to bestbuy.com and ordering it and then they're dropshipping it from you. Like I'm going to your website, especially when it comes to, um, I, I don't know, I just, in general, I think we're, we're seeing that progression, but I think there's some products that are being more impacted by that than others. Um, like CPG, maybe not so much, right? But yeah, um, yeah. a lot of your boutique product stuff, people are buying it from you directly these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the pandemic only struck that up even higher, of yeah. people buying directly from brand. Uh, and so I think having um, some way for people to connect with that brand can be really important. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't need to be an eight-minute video. It doesn't need to be a five-minute video. Yeah. Um, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, minute 20 tops uh, or minute 30 tops. Like give us something to talk about who you are, why you guys do what you do, 
why is this product better than other people? Like mm. your culture, if you, if you sell, if you sell your culture correctly, you'll sell the product in the process. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and so that's one of the big things we do. I, I pitch brand films probably more than I pitch almost anything else. Um, just because I think so many times they get overlooked as like, Oh, it's an about us video, but it's not. Um, it can be the most powerful sales tool you have, especially in service industries. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you think about contractors, you think about heavy equipment machine people, you think about, I mean, I mean, genuinely any service provider out there, um, the customer is going to be interacting with you and it's about their experience working side by side with you on something. And so company culture for them is going to be super important. Think about like an architect, how many hours you spend in your architect's office when you're designing a building. Um, Like those conversations, those people, you're going to have to be close with them. They're going to be on the Mm -hmm. job site with you, you know, looking at your building, making decisions, making compromises with you. Um, And so being sold on that person, being sold on that company's culture and why they do what they do, I think is really important. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. You think about like, even with referral processes, right? Like you refer, Hey, did you, it's almost like a a question that comes out of your mouth. like, what was it like working with them? Because you want to know. So that culture creating video, those, those are phenomenal in the sense of like, I know whether or not I know, like, and trust you within that first 60 to 90 seconds. Right. Um, And you can get them excited about it. I mean, that's one of those things that I think was is very important, especially in the selling world. And you hit on the testimonial piece too. And I it's so funny. It brought up a, a memory of mine of buying something, you know, from a website that literally it was absolutely terrible. It was an embedded YouTube video. It was like eight minutes long of this guy just talking about how awesome the company was. And I was like, oh, I'll watch a few minutes. And literally I sat there and watched the whole thing and then went and bought from that company because I was like, this is the worst marketing ever. But it was like so authentic. And the guy was like, seriously, they take care of you. This is the reason I love the product. And this is why. But it was a straight to camera webcam, just him sitting in his office talking about how much he loved the company. And I was like, man. I mean, there was no strategy behind it, right. but it's authentic. And I was yeah. like, okay, this guy is obviously very real and his experience was very real as well. So, right. um, but I love that. I love those pieces too, because I think a lot of people think sales video, I'm going to go sell something. I need to make a sales video. And a lot of times it's, I want to know why you do what you do, you know, and that will help me understand whether or not I want to buy a product from you. We always use the example of Onyx. Onyx has built a passion and a belief behind what they're doing. And all of a sudden it's like, Branding works. Everything else works. People are paying $20 for a bag of coffee. Like it doesn't matter at that point because you believe like John and Andrea have this passion for great coffee and low, you know, actually good source. trying to think of not the organically source, but it's like, they don't care about that label. It's like fair trade, fair trade trade. where it's like, they take it 10 steps further than fair trade because they care so much about that. And so that helps them sell. And they're an amazing company. But based on that, where it's like, why do you do what you do? You know, absolutely. People invest. People people have bought into the brand of Onyx. Yeah, you know, far more than the coffee. Like, don't get me wrong, Onyx coffee, good coffee is still yeah, my favorite coffee yeah. in the world. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I think people buy into the brand and the culture that they've developed. You oh, know, yeah. their baristas, everybody there has a culture that they've they've really uh, have grown and, and nourished. And um, yeah, I, I, testimony or, or that brand film testimonial feel is is honestly like that's what we do for Northwest Arkansas Live for small businesses, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, as we go in, we I give the I give this example quite often because I love I love this family, but uh, the Yayos family. I knew you were going there. Yeah. <laughs> yes, love I almost it. wore their hat today. <laughs> when Raphael sees this, he'll be mad that I'm not wearing his hat. Um, We've no. talked about them being on our podcast. before. Yeah, you've so got to bring them in. We need Rafi to, yeah. is, is one of my all time favorite human beings. Yeah, um, like they're just phenomenal people. Yeah. Uh, the whole family is just phenomenal people. I can't say enough nice things about them. But they, uh, you know, I give their I give this example a lot of you know when we. We went and, and, and filmed um, 
they had just opened their 8th Street location mm-hmm. uh, from the food truck, got their first brick-and-mortar location. Um, and I was a, a huge fan of the brand, mm-hmm. loved what they were doing. Um, but part of that was because I understood what they were doing, is I had gotten been told the story, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's the part that people are missing in what's happening mm-hmm. with, with, with this restaurant. Um, and so we went out and we went to their family farm, um, which if you don't know, is up in Little Flock. It's just, it's, 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 uh, it's right out of a Hallmark movie of a, a little family farm. Like yeah. it's perfect. <laughs> um, it really is. It's perfect. Sure that was There's like little chickens too. in the front yard. Yeah. Like everything is perfect about this place. Um, and the whole family works on the farm together. Um, neighbors, community members come out. Um, I have friends that take their kids out there and help him garden in the spring or help, awesome. you know, harvest and yeah. teaching kids how to farm and teaching their kids. And it's a, it's an amazing, amazing place. And, uh, but he's now growing food at the, at his farm, not only for his own business, um, but for almost all of the downtown restaurants in Bentonville. I didn't um, know that. Yeah. He's providing wow. all the vegetables, anything he can on his farm that he can provide is being provided into the community and he's, he's, he's growing it here. Um, and when you go out and you meet the meet his family, um, you talk to his father. Uh, they they were uh, driving out from California, um, and were driving across the U.S. And their car broke down in that field, and that's why they like they bought the like the car broke <laughs> so down. Crazy. They were like, "This is where we live. And <laughs> this is where we live now. <laughs> this is our farm." Um, and it's like it's crazy, right? And like so, like yeah. they just have an amazing story. Um, and when we went out and we filmed that story, we told people. You know, this it's more than a restaurant. We didn't really talk about the food that much in their segment. It was yeah. all about like the farm and behind the scenes yeah. and like why this family is doing what they're doing. And like, oh, by the way, when it's all the farming's done, right? Like you can get this amazing local food at yeah. Yayo's. Mm-hmm. Um and like overnight the line out that place went down the down eighth street, you yeah. know, of people yeah. lining up to come because it wasn't about the food, right? It was about that yep. family. I want to go support that family. I love what they're doing. I love what they're like. They've got a vision and a mission behind their company, and that's what I'm involved with. Yep. And I think we're seeing that. I think people in general are becoming more socially conscious buyers. Um, I see it right now online everywhere, right? Oh, yeah. Of like oh, yeah. Corporate brands, if you don't take the right stance right now, like people are listening. People are, are yeah. watching you. What you do, what you say as a brand is important. Yeah. Um, it, it, what your company culture says about who you are is important. And so- yeah. Um, I think as people become, I think this next generation, generation X is going to become the most socially aware buyers and shoppers we've ever had. Um, and I think preparing for that great brands need to be aware that company culture is gonna be everything, who you are as a brand, who you invest in, what your political giving is like as a brand standpoint, people are looking now it's no longer secret. Like we just sell a product and who cares about the CEO behind the the curtains. That's not the case anymore. People care about what's happening, who you are. Um, and I think that, that, the need or the desire to know those things from people are, are is only going to grow. Yeah, and so I think and the brand, film, company, culture pieces can can really fill that hole for people and really swing you know shoppers into a different direction. Yeah, absolutely. We uh, we've had um, Austin Samuelson from Tacos for Life on mm. our show kind of early on, and uh, I'm a I'm a Tacos for Life fan. Love to, love Tacos for Life, but it really is it goes back to that point of. We know their story now. There's a connection. He was super genuine guy around why they started it, what they're doing, and um, just kind of that that one for one model. But even that, it's like now it's hard for me not to say, 
you know, hey, where do you want to go to eat? I'm like, well, I mean, I love their food. And on right. top of that, I under like I connect with them now. So it's one of those things where it's like, I love torchies, love fuzzy, I love yayos, I love all the tacos. We should have just had tacos here today. <laughs> yeah. We should have done that. Apparently. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it is one of those that's like knowing the story behind it now, all of a sudden when it pops in your brain, hey, where do you want to go to eat? Yep. It's not like, hey, let's go to PF Chang's. Nothing against PF Chang's. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's there's something that's like, no, I am my dollar means something. Right. I want to make sure it goes to is get gets put to good use. And so absolutely, yeah, I love that. I think people are aware of that. I mean, yeah. We saw it during the pandemic, right? Like everyone, like what local restaurants oh, can I go absolutely. shop at? What local restaurants can I give my money to? You know, like mm-hmm. my girlfriend and I, when the pandemic hit, we made a commitment. Like we were gonna, you know, at least three nights a week, we were gonna pick a local restaurant and go spend money there, rather yeah. than go to Walmart and buy food. You know, yeah. not that there was a lot of food at Walmart to buy anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had a better chance of getting fed at a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think I think that that. That eagerness to be a part of their story, to be a part of what's mm-hmm. happening, I think is is growing for sure. Yeah. Brands need to know that. I think it's great. They need to pay attention to that. Yeah. In fact, my favorite general YouTube watching mm-hmm. as a nerdy thing is uh, I, I do get on and watch brand films. Oh, really? Um, I do. I actually have a whole library of, I have a notes document on my, um, I don't want it on, I don't know why I haven't made a playlist for this yeah. on YouTube. It would be a much better way of doing this. But I have a notes document on my computer that's just tons of hyperlinks to all my favorite brand films that i've ever found online that's Um, awesome but i use them all the time i send them as references to people and i'm like you guys want to do this this is something like they have a similar company culture this is what they've done like super smart um, man yeah but i because i love them brand films are one of my favorite projects to work on digging in sitting down with a brand and like figuring out who they are what is their culture and then figuring out okay how do i sell that to people yeah um I love selling products, but like culture is maybe more fun to sell. It's people. You're selling people at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love working with people. So That's super smart. So if you're out there, pay attention to that. Make sure you're promoting your employees, all the com- the company culture that you've created. I think that's super valuable. Super valuable. We uh we have Jeremy Teff, who is a Hickory Design Company. He uh he's designed all the Onyx branding and stuff like that, and he's done some of our branding, and he collects uh, style guides. So it's kind of one of those things where it's <laughs> yeah. like he has just has a list of like his favorite style guides. I'm like. We need to start some of those lists. Yeah, we, like, we, we need to figure that. Do some awesome. favorite video podcasts. Yeah, and yes. I mean, Beyond the Tap should probably be on there. It's I don't on know. there. Maybe. I mean, it's just throwing it out there. It's on there. Love it, love it. All right. So, Lauren, do we have any final questions for uh, for Zach here? We do. One question that we wanted to ask you that's not necessarily as related to video podcasting, but we do have a lot of um, small business owners or budding small business owners um that are just any advice you would give for someone starting your own business since it sounds like you've started a few there you go yeah he's um, in that you have to be 16 get your dba to stop by the courthouse after right. your driver's license yeah well you need a driver's license that's my First. number one piece yeah. of advice <laughs> if you're starting a business get a driver's license um having a learner's permit is not super useful it's if not your mom help has to like you. drive with yeah. you to the shoot it's like it's not cool it's not helpful yeah, yeah, yeah no clients are like why is your mom here you know I'm like, <laughs> yeah. well, i'm 15 years old so <laughs> <laughs> i love it that would no, that was definitely one of the biggest hurdles i had growing or you know growing a business was i was so young um and i would go into meetings and they're like well like, I'm not giving you thirty thousand dollars. Like, that's insane. Uh, that's and too funny. Uh, yeah, that was definitely like I've had to over like I grew facial hair early on. Of like that was my 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 like, yeah, my little cheat goal. of like yeah. if I can just pretend to be over twenty, maybe they'll buy from me. You know, I'm old enough to drink. I promise. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, yeah. I think starting a business, um, it, it's really hard. Uh, it's yes. really hard. Um, and I think the number one thing. Uh, that you can counter the difficulty with is passion uh, and drive. If you don't love what you're doing, um, I have I have friends that have started businesses because they saw it as a money opportunity, right? Of like, oh, I know people in town that'll pay me to do this. 
but they didn't love what they were mm-hmm. doing. Um, and that only lasts for like maybe six months or a year before they, they crumble, right? And um, and the statistics around starting a business already aren't great, right? Mm-hmm. Like one in three businesses make it past three years or one in five businesses make it past three years or whatever yeah. it is. Like it's small, like a lot of businesses fail. Um, you know, if you can make it past year three, like you've, you are really, you're on the right track. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you've really done something well. Um, and so, but a lot of those businesses that are, that, that make it is because of passion and drive, um, both from the owner, but also from the employees. Um, and that's something that I think is, is just so utterly important is if you don't have the drive, you don't have the passion, you're not going to be there at 2 a.m. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and don't expect your employees to be there at 2 a.m. You know, if you don't have that passion, you don't have that drive, you know, um, I have a, I have a team full of people that are, are just super passionate about what we do every day and love what we do. Um, but when there's something that has to be prepped for a shoot that starts at six in the morning, like I'm the one there at 4 a.m. Like they all mm-hmm. might love their jobs, <laughs> yeah. but like when I'm like, hey, someone's got to come prep for gear at 4 a.m., yeah. I'll come and get a volunteer, right? But like it's got to be passion. It's got to yeah. be your own drive and your own wanting, your own will to want to make this thing happen. Um, it's what's going to keep you keep you going when it gets really tough. And it gets tough. Like there are days where it gets really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's maybe kind of, my other note there would be, um, don't be afraid of risk. Um, I think you have to be yeah. like, there's, I'm a pretty risk. Uh, I'm not a risk adverse person at all. Right. Like I dive headfirst yeah. into risk all the time. <laughs> um, against like everything, uh, that I've ever been taught. Right. Uh, but like my dad and I are both the same way of, um, we see opportunity and that's like, Oh, like that don't know what that means, but like we're doing it. Right. And yeah. we jump all in. And my mom is like, she's always been the one pumping the brakes on my dad and I being like, yeah. Whoa, Whoa, <laughs> yeah, Whoa. Yeah. We need a paycheck <laughs> next week. We have a mortgage next month. You know, remember that? that thing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that house that you bought for a family, you know? And, um, and that's just not how I work. Like I, yeah. uh, I, I, I'm definitely like, I dive in head first. Some of my best friends are very risk adverse. In fact, yeah. um, potentially getting into business uh, here pretty soon with one of my friends that's very risk adverse. And I'm, I'm like, I'm all in, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm like, where do I sign the check today to like, yeah. like, let's do this thing. And it's probably a good balance. There it's a good too. balance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you need that balance mm-hmm. of, of people, but you know, being that risk taker, I think is super important is if starting a business, um, if you stray away from risk, uh, even in marketing, you could even just back it up and not even say starting yeah. a business, but going into marketing, like you gotta be okay with risk. Um, you gotta be able to put yourself out there mm-hmm. and, 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 go with the flow and see what happens. Um, but then I would, then maybe the last thing I would say is, is provide value. Um, mm. 100%. That's yeah. the one thing that's gotten us further, uh, than anything else yeah. has been looking at ways to provide value, whether it be, we under promise and over deliver for a client, which we try to do every single time. Uh, in fact, I'm shooting tomorrow and we were talking with the agency and we were talking through what we're shooting and we were talking about with the client, what they were expecting. And they were like, how many products do you think we're going to get in tomorrow? And I was like, Mm, eight to 10. And she's like, great, I'm going to say eight. And then if we do 10 or 12, it'll be amazing. And I was like, great, wow. we're on the same page then. Done. Awesome. Yeah. You know? And she's like, yeah, no, great. Like I'd much rather blow them away with, yeah. you know, over deliver. And that's always our, our goal is how can we, you know, I don't want to say under promise. It sounds bad. Yeah. Right. But like, <laughs> but, but yes. set goals realistically, right. Of knowing that like, we're yeah. going to go above and beyond that yeah. for them. Yeah. Um, we don't make that known necessarily up front, but like we know throughout the way of like, Oh, looking at ways like, Oh, we could do this or, um, you know, sometimes it's as simple as like when it comes to video, like we've done, it's easy sometimes of like, Oh, well we're going to grab screenshots. Yeah. We have yeah. all of this 4k raw footage that like once they compress it and they try to scrub, it won't look as good. Right. So like, well, we're going through, if we see something like, Oh, that would be a great marketing image for them. Or like, mm-hmm. man, I bet that guy would love to have that photo of him. Yeah. He looks awesome in that yeah. photo, you know, like yeah. grab a screenshot, 
and put a photo folder together of things you can send them at the end of it and go, hey, we grabbed all of these, thought you might like them, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, or sometimes it's like, oh, we'll go grab 15 second Instagram edit version. You know yeah. what I mean? Of like, we'll make a video. And it's like, oh, we can make a 15 second version of that so fast. Like yeah. spend 30 minutes, make a 15 second video, add it to the deliverables for them. And like, they never asked for it. They'll be so happy, right? Yep. And what happens is they end up t- putting that in on Instagram and they tag us, right? Yeah. So like it was took us 30 minutes and made much bigger impact down the road, you know? Oh, and so yeah. that's always, I think the number one thing is, is providing value, uh, whether it be to your clients, to the community. Um, you know, we donate a lot of work to the local community, um, whether it be through North Arkansas Live, through Farm Studios, or even through Intercut. Um, you know, we donate, 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 provide value where we can. When someone's like, hey, I need something done, I've got $100. Like, okay, let's go figure it out. You know, like mm-hmm. there's not really a project comes to us and they're like, I have this much money. I'm like, ah, oh, we can't help you. You know, it's like, yeah. no, like we're going to figure it out. You know, like there's, and if I can't do it for that price because we will genuinely be hurting, then I'm going to yeah. find someone locally that that's going to fit for them, you know, mm-hmm. and make sure that you're being put into that, finding that place. I'm not just sending you off and like, sorry, we can't help you. Because um, next time when they have a bigger budget, they might call us back. Yeah. Right. You know, Absolutely. and so. That's that's probably the other big thing, and then I think I say this. La- I'll say this last, and I say this as part of a lot of my uh, my presentations I give at schools, um, which is the power of ask. I say it a lot, um, mm-hmm. but I actually have to use. To, I used to have it as a label maker printed on my computer, um, but uh, one of my friends kept making fun of me. Uh, he's like, <laughs> "You know, that's a stupid <laughs> phrase. Like, duh." You have to ask for things. And I'm like, no, that's not You'd it. You'd be surprised. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, I was yeah. like, so I used to have it written, written on my computer as, as a reminder all the time of like so much of where we are as a business today, um, where I am in business today is because I've just been willing to ask. Yeah. Um, as a as a 16-year-old, I, I went to L.A. by myself alone for the first time to meet a random old dude I met on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, to stay at his mobile home and uh, and go to Cinegear with him and like which is a big film expo yeah. in L.A. in the Paramount backlot. And why did uh, you start off with this story? Where, right. where are we? Yeah. Well, no, because it, oh, okay. it, it's not creepy. He's actually a really great yeah, dude yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, still a lifelong friend of mine. Um, he used to be an actor. Like I, he, I had done my research yeah, on the dude. You yeah. know, I wasn't just going to L.A. with some random person. Like he was. We talked about how great your parents were at the beginning, but I don't know about this. One. Yeah, no, they they I'm still look saying, back yeah. on this moment and they're like, "What were we thinking?" You know. Um, um, and, uh, but like having that opportunity opened me up. I met so many different people, you know, if I hadn't gone to sending gear that year, I never would have gotten in probably involved in drones and gimbals, um, which has opened up massive opportunities mm-hmm. for our business, uh, yeah. down the road and myself personally. Um, I have a lot of independent outside of our business gimbal work that I do. And, um, and so having, uh, just being willing to go ask for it and simply, you know, when I would meet someone in town that I was like, man, that guy. Uh, in fact, Matthew Jepson, he doesn't live here anymore. Oh, I'll yeah. talk to you about him. Uh, but he's Australia, used to live in, right? Now. He lives in Australia yeah. now. Yeah. He was like, deuces, I'm out of this it was place. Crazy. I remember seeing him. He's like, yeah, I'm tired of all this. I'm going to Australia. I'm like, yeah, sure you are. No, he's, he's no, he there. genuinely yeah. picked up his family. He's like, we're going to we're Australia. There. Um, but you know, when he was living here, I would argue that he was probably in the top, uh, 20 freelance DPs, like commercial yeah. DPs in the yeah. country. Um, and he lived in Siloam. No one would ever know, like just by himself out there, him and his family, you know, kind of kept to themselves. And um, I had found his work online and was mm-hmm. just so blown away by it. And then I yeah. found out that he lived in Siloam. <laughs> um, like he's like gone on t- tours with Taylor Swift and done all of her s- concert series mm-hmm. and stuff. Like he's, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the time I was like, I just started my company. You know, I was like, it's a competitor to him. No, I was not a competitor <laughs> to him. But like in my head, like I was oh, like, yeah, oh, I can't. Yeah. Con- like he's like, I'm a competitor. Like he's no. I reached out to him. I was like, hey, I just want to come. Like just yeah. let me come help. Let me come work on set with you. Yep. Um, 
and he ended up hiring me and like we worked out a deal for what my day rate would be or whatever. And um, I worked with him for probably two or three years. Even, you know, I, the business, my business had grown quite a bit, but when I wasn't doing something, if he had a local, most of his shoots were out of town. He traveled most of the yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, he maybe did six local things a year. And so when those happened though, like he'd give me a call, we'd get to go work together. Um, and, uh, and, and I would just, anytime I was on set with him, my, my rule was always like, just ask. Right. Mm-hmm. Of like, if I don't understand something, ask. Like, he was a wealth of information. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I, I tell, I tell high school students all of the time that you can't be afraid to ask for people. Yeah. Um, ask for help um, as a business owner, getting started as a student. Just ask for people. Um, we live in a place in Northwest Arkansas that I think is really unique in the sense that you have access in Northwest Arkansas to experts in their field. And, Basically every field. Yeah. Um, there's very few, uh, maybe like aerospace engineering, maybe not so much, but like <laughs> we have experts in almost every major career field out there, especially yeah. around retail and business ownership and marketing and all those types of things. Logistics, like, all of the Logistics, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. Like yeah. we've got amazing people here. Yeah. Um, and they want to they want to plug into locals. They want to, they want to you know, um, give back into the community. And all you have to do is send them an email. Ask them. You can find yeah. their email address online. Add them on LinkedIn. Pester them on there until they give you a lunch meeting. Go buy somebody lunch. Yeah. It might cost you a lunch, but the wealth of information you're going to get out of that, the relationships that you'll build, um, it's, it, it, you know, you'll never, you, you could never buy that, you know, yeah. you'll never buy that access to people that if you just go and ask people, um, that's, what's done us the most by yeah. far as a business is just being willing to go out and go, Hey, we're available. I'd love to come learn from you and do X, you know? Um, and that, that certainly has opened up so many doors along the way for us. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you don't, you never know exactly when you just start doing something where that will lead. Um, we, I always joke about part of our story is that I started just a podcast just to connect with people. Um, back in 2014, it was just interviewing random tech entrepreneur people mm-hmm. and like Michael Palladino and yep. some of the guys over there at RevUnit and like Michael and I, he's now a mentor of mine and I, I can lean on him, but it all started because of that. And so it's just one of those things that like, I love that statement, man, just ask for it. I mean, a lot of times people want to do that. They want to invest in that, so yeah. invest in you and the community. So absolutely, it's people fantastic. are looking for opportunities. Mm-hmm. They oh, want to yeah. they want to give back to that next generation of people coming up to yeah. do what they are doing now. You know, yeah. um, we have a rule at our company of we don't tell anybody no to a job shadow or an internship. Wow, yeah, uh, except for like during the pandemic, it's been a little weird. Yeah, um, <laughs> but uh, just we're just trying to keep the yeah, number sorry. of people in the office down to a minimum. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, the the our rules we don't we tell nobody no. Uh, yeah. If you want to mm-hmm. come job shadow, you can come job shadow. Um, you know, we're an open book. We want you to come be there and learn. Yeah. Um, and we've had kids, everything from like age six um, oh, wow. up to adults coming yeah. out and just wanting to hang out on set. And so, uh, th- but it, it's that same thing. If you, when you call, if you ask, send us an email, you may not get to do it tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to find a time that's going to work for everybody, but we're going to get you on the schedule. We're going to make that's it amazing, happen. Because um, if it wasn't for that, like I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't given those opportunities mm-hmm. to go be on set. Um, I got to go work with Film Riot as a high schooler, which was like, I didn't know that. Blew my mind. Yeah, That's I, cool. I learned everything I ever knew from them watching yeah. online. Oh, yeah. like, I had no film school, right? Like I yeah. went to a year and dropped out. And so everything I knew was <laughs> was Film Riot. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Matthew Jepson actually hired me to go down and shoot with him. Um, we got hired by Canon uh, through a guy named Jem Schofield, who owns a company called Button Productions. It was a big thing. <laughs> but um, we ended up going down and uh, we were shooting a BTS video for Canon. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as we were um, in the call, we were talking about what it is. He was like, we're going to go down to Dallas. Um, Canon is, is gave some cameras to the Film Riot guys, and we're going to be shooting you know, a BTS video of them shooting a new film on these cameras. 
So just kind of randomly threw that out there. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's just Film Riot guys. Yeah, yeah. and I was yeah, like, yeah. Film Riot? Yeah. And he's like, you know them? And I was like, I mean, I know of them, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will never forget, like, we got there in Dallas. It was so cold. It was December. It was so cold. It was, uh, if you watch the, the short we filmed with them was UFO Yeah. Um, where Josh is dressed yeah. up as a really obese alien watcher, yeah. uh, and an al- a UFO comes down in front of his cabin and tries to pick him up, but he's too fat, and so <laughs> the UFO crashes in the front yard because it can't pick him up because he's this <laughs> this guy who's like, "Take me, I'm ready, I'm ready, yeah. take me," and like That's it tries so, so hard, awesome. and the UFO overheats and crashes, um, and then he makes the paper for man abducts UFO. Um, <laughs> <laughs> his whole lifelong goal is to be yeah. abducted by aliens and. Um, it's a really That's fun so little piece, funny. but it was so cold. Um, but I'll never forget we were sitting in this parking or in this parking lot, um, and we had to like give Ryan Connolly something uh, mm-hmm. that night before the shoot. And he pulled up behind us, and like him and Ryan got out of the car, or him and Josh got out of the car, and I was like stuck in the car at this point. Yeah. But I'm like. Oh my god, you guys! Oh my god, that's them! Oh my, like I was like the first time I was like ever had like real starstruck, and yeah. like these guys are just YouTubers, you know. Yeah. Um, but at the time, they were like the biggest, most amazing people to me. Um, mm. and uh, getting to spend the week with them shooting and like they were an open book, you know. Yeah. It was just like ask mm. anything. Yeah. It was it was like being on set of film. It was yeah. being on set of film riot, you know. And um, just got to learn so much from them. And Ryan Booth was on set. Got to meet him. And um, so cool. they just. Every single production we've been on and the doors that have opened just by asking people yep. um, and the doors that those lead to, like, it's yeah. amazing. The community that forms around production and marketing in general. Oh, yeah. It's a small yeah. world. Like, it's a big world, but it's it's very small. Yeah. Like, I'm amazed at the brands, the agencies that we work with. One lady might be at one agency one day, and then the next year we're working with her on a different brand with a different agency out of a different city, you know? Yep. Um, yep. It's just really cool how it all, everyone is, is it's a small community. Well, and that's just going back to the work that you do speaks for itself in the sense that they want to hire you. You make a good connection. If you're just in a silo where you're just like, I don't talk to anybody. We don't, you know, our work is our work. And, um, you know, that's been a, a passion of mine too, of just opening it up, yeah. like making those connections. What is there to be competitive yeah. about? Well, yeah, exactly. Like, like we're in an age of media. There is never going to be a shortage of video <laughs> yeah. ever. No. Like I've always told people like, if you think I'm competitive and like you do, like we're at, at ends with mm-hmm. each other, like you're wrong. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I've never once felt like I've competed for a project. Yeah. Never once. Well, that's a scarcity mentality, right? right? There's an overabundance. If you have an abundance mentality, it's like, hey, there's plenty of work. It's too much work for everybody. Right. In that sense, we've talked about this. It's like not trying to really hone in on what well, we're trying to hone in on what we do really well. Yep. And if it's something that's outside of our scope, like, Referring people, I've sent people to you. I've sent people to Red Bar. I've sent people to you know multiple at Avod threes. Whatever it is that I feel like, hey, they do this really well. You should go contact them because yep. I don't feel like we could do it justice because that's not really our focus. We're trying yep. to stay in our lane. We want to do what we do very well. That when you have somebody, you say, hey, go make sure you go check out Go Rogue X because they can help you in that area. And so, yep. but that's just it. Is that's that creating that network, that thing that we talked about at the beginning of it, right? Creating that that director of people that we can hire, we can refer to. And it only helps the industry. Absolutely. It only helps you and your reputation. It only helps the clients. So, Absolutely. And if yeah. you're looking for that directory of Northwest Arkansas crew, it's still available online. Oh, snap. <laughs> that was such a long time ago, I think it's, I think it's the directory.nwa.com. Yeah. Um, I, will, I will admit that we haven't given it the love and attention it probably could right. use. It's not like you're not <laughs> doing anything. So no, exactly. Just yeah, hanging no. out at home. We, just, I will say yeah. we are working to, to take that information 
um, and just make it a little bit better. Uh, yeah. I think the online database solution that we'd come up with originally um, isn't a great solution long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're working on what we can do to to make that a more useful service. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. So kind of wrapping up here, where can people connect with you if they do want to? Yeah. Obviously reach out, hang out, follow you, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, follow me on Instagram, most importantly. I think that's where like I'm the most active on my personal Instagram. Yeah, yeah. All of our brands have Instagrams. And Twitter um, now, too. And Twitter. Yeah, don't <laughs> follow me on Twitter. I just like <laughs> just read things. I don't even tweet any of my own thoughts. We're going to send everybody. Yeah. Like, and when I do tweet, anywhere else. But. I, I had a tweet the other day. I was like, oh, this is going to get a ton of retweets. And I yeah. tweeted it. And it was like very on like point yeah. for what's happening right now. And I tweeted it, and I went away from Twitter, came back a couple hours, and I'd gotten a bunch of favorites and no retweets. And I was like, man. And I go read it again. Huge grammatical error in it. And I was like, oh, dang. I was so proud of that tweet. That Like, that was the first original tweet I've had in so long. So, Mm. you know, that's just how it goes. Mm. So, yeah, Instagram, at Zach Heald, Z-A-K, just three letters, H-E-A-L-D. That's where I'm most active. Uh, You can kind of see a little bit of everything I'm doing. Mm. My Instagram stories tends to be I kind of just try to document a lot of what we do Mm. every day. Um, sometimes we're flying in the morning in an airplane or a helicopter and then, uh, shooting a podcast in the evenings, drinking yeah. beer. So, well, and you might be getting your license soon. Yeah. I know I'm you're getting my pilot's license. Yeah, I'm finally me, doing that. Uh, dude, I've been shooting out of planes and helicopters for like five time, years yeah. now. Um, and it's always been a dream. If I wasn't in video, I would own it. I would be a pilot. That's yeah. always been, um, my backup plan. I would say it's not, yeah. I don't have a backup plan. Um, <laughs> I have no plans on leaving this industry ever yeah. or leaving the business, but, uh, my retirement plan is what I say now. Nice. When I retire from video, um, I will own a, uh, a little plane with some floats, and I'm going to okay, do uh, yeah. island charters, just chartering people between just islands somewhere. I'll find a Caribbean around. place nice and warm. <laughs> I don't do winter. Uh, and so that'll be how I'm going to make my money when I'm 60 plus, yeah. is I'm just going to do some charters across islands. Uh, that's so always been funny. my goal of like <laughs> down the road when I retire, that's yeah, what I want to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been shooting out of airplanes and all for so long and I'm put off my pilot's license. Uh, when the pandemic hit, I was like, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I've got so much free time right now. Um, cause every production we had just got s- stopped. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I was like, I've got tons of time. Uh, I found an online ground school, uh, knocked out my online ground school in like the first couple of weeks of, um, of the pandemic. And then I was just twiddling my thumbs waiting for the flight school to open yeah. uh, so I could get in the, hel- in the airplane <laughs> yeah. again. So, uh, but yeah, I'll be, I should have my, uh, I'm going to be soloing, I think by the end of this month or maybe early oh, next goodness, month. Goodness, man. Just crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, my first lesson was like terrifying. I've spent so much time <laughs> in an airplane. Yeah. Like I thought it would be no big deal. I've, I've played simulators my whole life yeah. um, and been in planes and listened and, and, and learned and taken the yoke at times and. The first time, at like a hundred percent in control of the airplane, the first flight, I was so deathly scared. Like <laughs> I couldn't get over my own nerves. I was just like yeah. every other time I've been in an airplane, there's been someone else responsible for my life. Yeah, yeah. and I've always been like, you know, like I trust that person. Yeah. and this time it was me, and yeah. I was like, I don't know that I trust <laughs> I don't me as much. Me in this moment. <laughs> Uh, now since so then awesome. every lesson since then has gotten way better yeah, I, now, yeah. I now have a true blast when I'm up in the air yeah. uh, I'm not like freaking out but um, the first <laughs> one was definitely a nerve wracking experience that's so cool well so. again I, I think I told I commented on one of your posts about that because uh, you had a shot from behind you yeah oh I'm recording everything all yeah the time. Oh, of course of course yeah so uh, I had gotten a gift uh, several years ago for Christmas that was like a free just a free like discovery flight yeah Yeah. and I was like I just need to do it now you gotta do it I got to yeah, yeah. so um, anyway yeah, all right. We have to end this. We could go. I, we could keep going on and forever. Right? Dude, this is awesome. <laughs> Eventually, man. the audience will just slowly start dissing. Yeah, there's like <laughs> again. So if you're hanging out and you're still on this, send us a note. We'll send you a free T-shirt. Okay, <laughs> boom. Absolutely. We're done. If you hung on, this is. Hey, this that's has been right. so good, man. Yes. Seriously. Yeah, absolutely. You oh yeah. Have so you back say, on. Follow us. Oh, Zach that's right. Yeah. At Inter- on Intercomfort <laughs> or on Instagram at Zach Heald. Yeah. Um, and then I encourage you to. Uh, 
to f- you can find all the other stuff from my from my page at links on my bio has mm-hmm. all the other links that you would need uh, but I encourage you if you're a podcast listener which you obviously are uh, go check out our podcast yes. it's go beyond the tap well it's beyond the tap uh, but on Instagram it's go beyond the tap and you can find it on Spotify iTunes wherever you get your yeah. podcasts um, or YouTube of course if you're into the video podcast like Ryan said we have a really beautiful set I love um, it yeah. I'm gonna come just to see that too, it's so. gorgeous yeah. it's uh, EcoVet sponsored it all okay. set. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. all that lumber is out of the back of old Walmart uh, freight trucks. Um, it's the floorboards of all the old Walmart trucks. Whoa. Um, yeah, no, it's like, it's it's the most, it's amazing. The, the set weighs 2,000 pounds. Um, <laughs> so you guys are wood, picking that, up every week. boards are not light. Uh, it's oh so, I don't remember what kind of wood it is, but it's it's some of the densest wood in the world, yeah. um, and it doesn't rot. Oh, um, I guess yeah, yeah. But drilling through it, like we've had to like drill things in. We've like burned some some bits up. Like it is crazy (laughs) um, how dense that wood is. But it's been so cool. It looks amazing. You light it with some warm light, and it just like it just glows almost. It's really pretty. Just like the beer. Yeah, just like the beer. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's a pretty pretty set with pretty beer. Like it's the best video podcast you could ask for. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. Love Brian and Bianca. You know they're okay. Yeah. <laughs> but the set the and set, the beer oh, man wow yeah. <laughs> that's awesome man hey again thank you guys so much for for tuning in if you guys have any questions make sure you guys reach out to zach um follow them as well as any of the notes and links and stuff that we've talked about we've talked about a lot but any of that is going to be at uh, gorogex.com make sure you guys go there to see the blog and and all the cool stuff that zach has been doing so um we'll uh we'll until next time we'll see you guys later thanks